This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Tuesday, the sixth week of Easter. And of course, Easter will be ending in Pentecost on May 31st, but we're still in that Easter season, so welcome, Your Excellency, and Happy Easter! Happy Easter. Yes, we're coming into those um, high point moments of the Easter season. In some parts of the country on Thursday, uh, they'll celebrate the Ascension here in Ohio, in the Ohio province. We celebrate on Sunday. So we will be celebrating the Ascension of the Lord. And then a week after that, we'll be celebrating uh, Pentecost. And with Pentecost, of course, we're celebrating a turning point for us in the church, a new moment um, as the, the, with the resumption of public Mass. And uh, we'll be resuming those public Masses as early as next week, depending on the parish. Uh, those will be for the weekday Masses, and then we'll be gathering together uh, on the 31st for the Feast of our, uh, the Pentecost. But there's more um, uh, details surrounding that. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a summary about some of the uh, soft issues like charity and patience during this time? Well, yes. I mean, we've been working on some of the um, practical issues such as um, scheduling and uh, working out uh, the safety and uh, the, the setting up our churches so that people can c- come in with a certain confidence to their safety and well-being. Um, we're also um, working out communications and about scheduling, all those kinds of things. But, you know, we're preparing our hearts to encounter the Lord in the Eucharist again, and that is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And we're so happy that we're coming to that moment that we're, we're able to do that. But, of course, we always approach the, the Lord with a presupposition, with a predisposition, rather, of 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 charity, um, of of looking into our hearts and and saying to the Lord, you know, Lord, I thank you for this gift. Um, prepare me, help me to to receive you, and help me to be concerned for my brothers and sisters. Uh, people have been so good these days. I know it's a source of great sadness, even frustration, um, that we haven't been able to celebrate Mass publicly. It's a loss for all of us, but people have been just wonderful in their understanding. They, they we're, indeed were sad, but we also know that we're putting the safety of one another ahead of our own, um, our, our own desires. We're putting the safety of one another against even uh, ahead of being together as we normally would. And we're looking out for one another um, with, with great care. People have been just beautifully kind and charitable. And uh, parishes have been great in terms of reaching out to people. But now, again, coming to the Lord, we have to come to the Lord with a sense of real charity, with that same concern, because, yeah, it's not exact, It's still not, not behind us yet. It's not exactly over. And so the, the measures that people are taking so that when they come into the church um, and not spreading, even unknowingly unspread, spreading that disease, people, you know, it, it, it's going to continue to require so many sacrifices and so many gestures of putting 
the needs of one another or the needs of the public before our own. And um, again, I know that same charity that people have been showing all along, they'll be developing. And that's something we want to try to ask the Lord to help us in these days before we resume public mass to help us to come to the Eucharist with that um, disposition of, of, of charity. You mentioned the word frustration, and I'm sensing that from some of our listeners and some of my circle. Uh, during that frustration, I think that there can be an acting out or a disobedience to the guidelines set forth by a particular par- parish. Any um, any guidance for us in, in approaching that? Because we don't want to make this a divisive or a, a fight amongst uh, parishioners or between parish priest and our parishioners. Well, you know, I I find I I I focus on really the the vast majority of people who are just incredibly good, mm-hmm. and um, and I hear from those people all the time, and um, I think that there's a, a genuine sense of goodness. Of course, we all I do. We all get a little frustrated at times. We all. Um, find that this the, the patience that's needed to exist these days in every part of our life is, is just um, overwhelming at times. But, um, you know, the Lord is good to us, and the Lord gives us that ability to rise above those frustrations, and, and the Lord sends people our way to encourage us and um, to help us to... Um, desire that gift of his charity. So, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that I, I can't imagine anything less than the goodness of the people I've encountered mm-hmm. so so far in this last year. And I know um, as we return, people will bring that that sense with them to, to the Eucharist. And uh, sometimes it's uh, how you suffer, and uh, suffering well was modeled today in uh, the first reading, uh, 1 Acts uh, chapter 16. Paul and Silas um, faced some real challenges, but they faced those challenges uh, with love. Do um, you want to tell us a little yeah, exactly. bit about the reading? and it's a little bit of an adventure in today's uh, first reading. We have a little bit of fun in there, you know, hearing an adventure story. It wasn't fun for Paul and Silas, but... Uh, but, you know, we heard yesterday how they went into Philippi. They met Lydia, um, uh, a merchant of purple cloths, who um, reached out and said to them, I want to be helping you. I, I want to be part of the mission. I don't want to just be embrace the mission. I want to be part of it. And um, and so she did. She was, she was an assist. Uh, but then we see that there were others in Philippi who had quite a different reaction to Paul and Silas. <laughs> and... Um, and then eventually they were arrested. They were thrown deep into the heart of the jail, we're told. The, uh, Luke, who wrote the Acts, tells us, you know, they were brought like into the innermost cell and chained to the ground. And, uh, you know, and, and then there was that earthquake and they had every opportunity to run. Hmm. And not only did they not run, but when the um, God was about to despair and take his own life because he thought he had failed... They called out to him, we're here. We're here. We didn't go anywhere. And the charity that they showed to him, um, the charity that they showed to him really helped him to see Jesus. And he and his whole family embraced Jesus and embraced his gospel. Um, that, that shows the power of our acts of charity toward one another, especially when we do it in the name of the Lord. 
That is such a great act of charity to stay in the cell, even though they could have run. And it it prompted the guard to say, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I would have maybe asked the question, what can I do to save my own hide? Because back then, if a guard had somebody escape, it would have been their hide, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, their, their charity drew that out of him. You know, what must I do to be saved? And my family, you know, how do I bring them to this knowledge? Um, you know, and on the part of Paul and Silas, that charity is founded on faith. You know, it would have been foolish to be charitable if you didn't believe in God. If you really didn't believe in God at that moment, the best thing to do is get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. But knowing that God would be taking care of them, no matter what happened, they said they could afford to be charitable. And so, so there's an element of faith that's embedded into our charity. Well, as we prepare for receiving the Eucharist in the next uh, few days or weeks, uh, depending on the health and the category that we're in and the comfort that we have to come back to the sacrament of uh, the Eucharist and Mass together, that could start as early as next week, and there's a lot of things going into preparing for that and kind of preparing our own hearts for that. Any advice for us as we prepare to receive the Eucharist, at least some of us, um, as we come back to the table together? Well, we... We can reflect on um, the biblical dimensions of the Eucharist, um, St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Uh, we can, uh, John chapter 6, the Bread of Life discourse, um, really just be in that conversation with Jesus. And, um, you know, our being together for the Eucharist, it is the sacrament of our unity. And so... Um, so so we pray to, to the Lord to strengthen us in that unity and that charity toward one another um, and, uh, and and to, uh, you know, we're going to be coming into a time of novena to the Holy Spirit. Um, the time between the Ascension and the uh, Pentecost is really a time in the Church of calling out, come Holy Spirit. So we might even just in our own hearts pray that prayer, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Um, and when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, our, we're, we're automatically, you might say, transformed. And there are two priests that uh, have added some uh, more reflections to St. Gabriel's uh, um, lineup uh, every day now at about 446 in the afternoon weekdays. We have Father Stosh Daly with a message of hope and um, Father Adam Streitenberger has some messages of encouragement as we prepare to join again uh, for Mass over the next uh, few weeks. Um, and I know that we have some other uh, folks working. The Dominican Friars from St. Patrick Parish are also providing some on-air messages, uh, messages of catechesis about the Eucharist, about a good confession. Uh, and you can also download those at columbuscatholic.org. And, of course, we hear your daily updates. So there's a lot of activity during this time where we're not joined physically. Right. And, you know, thank you to St. Gabriel Radio for keeping us somewhat connected in this period of time. St. Gabriel Radio has been a real source of that um, that that unity, of that being connected um, across the diocese. And uh, so great. Isn't it great we have voices like Father... Adam and Father Stash 
who can speak those words of encouragement to us. Um, and yes, uh, the Dominican friars have been a help to us with um, the giving homily helps to us and um, and then providing these videos or audio segments um, so that people can, again, prepare spir- spiritually. This is a time to be inspired. And so I thank you for being the means of that communication. Well, you're welcome. It's been a great um, time for us here at St. Gabriel Radio to grow and stretch a little bit. As I know, many of our parishes, our priests, and uh, lay men and women leaders are also stretching and trying to think creatively about how we can gather together, even though we have some obstacles in our place. That's it. That's it. But, you know, obstacles are ways that God helps us to uh, grow stronger. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he has, praise God. God meets us in the obstacles and helps us to grow stronger. Well, Bishop Brennan, would you like to close with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for the Son whom you merited to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord is truly risen, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, Bishop Brennan, for encouraging us to be patient and kind as we plod through these next few weeks and months, and we can do this together as you've encouraged us to do. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.